Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking mental gymnastics and how stress may be ruining your progress. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 95 of the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are talking about mental gymnastics that you play in your head and how the stress may be ruining your progress. So, Nicole, I think I want to start this conversation by talking about what mental gymnastics is. And mental gymnastics is something that happens when our brains spiral into destructive thought patterns making up excuses or arguments for unjustifiable decisions or situations. In other words, they're all the thoughts that are within play that keep you from doing the exact thing you need to do. So, Nicole, let's dive into this. And we've got uh, quite a few things that we're going to talk about in terms of things that you may be doing on a habitual basis that may be ruining or killing your progress. And the first one I want to start with, Nicole, is overthinking. So, Nicole, do you want to kind of lead this, lead us into this conversation and talk about overthinking and what that means from a standpoint of progress and what what individuals are doing and going through and why that may be affecting their progress? Okay, sure. So overthinking basically is when you think too much about making a decision to move forward or take action. So some examples of that would be maybe, okay, so you start your, your weight loss journey, you have your workout program set, you have your grocery shopping list, you have all the things that you're going to do to achieve this goal. And instead of just get taking action and starting to attack each goal or habit, you start overthinking if it's the right way to go. And you start asking other people what they think or what they've done or to get other people's opinions. And then that can kind of pull you away from the direction of taking the action steps that you need to do to achieve your goal. Um, it can be, you know, looking into other programs, meal plans, instead of like buckling down and taking action steps with the, with the stuff that's right in front of you, you start looking all around you and questioning everything, which then perpetuates this level of stress and anxiety that you start overthinking whether the what you have planned is actually the strategy that's going to quote unquote work or help you to achieve your goals. And you can spiral. We see this all the time with our clients, and I'm sure our listeners may have experienced this in, within, within your own kind of program or plan that you set up. You start overthinking all of the strategies that you've set into place, especially once you start going and maybe you're two, three weeks in, progress isn't as fast as you want, or you start to slip off, things aren't as easy, the habits are a little harder to achieve. So you start overthinking whether this is the way to go instead of just really hunkering down, taking action and giving it the time that it needs to get to a point where you actually start to see change. Yeah. So Nicole, while you were just saying that, I, there were a couple of things that ran through my mind. And one of the things that ran through my mind so two things that I'll say is one, there is paralysis by overanalysis when you're mm -hmm. just thinking so much that you, you don't get to doing. And at some point yeah. you have to 
stop thinking and just start doing and then figure it out as you go. Because mm -hmm. if you're overthinking up front in the beginning of your process or somewhere in the middle of your process, let's say you stopped, get you, you didn't lose weight for a week or two, right? And then you're overthinking, maybe I should switch plans. Maybe I should right. go do something else. But the reality is that you need to stay on course and figure out what the one next step is. There aren't 40 next steps that you should be overthinking and overanalyzing. There's just that one next step to determine what you need to do. Maybe you're in a plateau, but you'll break through it by just continuing doing what you're doing. And then the other thing that I would, would say, and Nicole, this is one of the huge reasons why I personally decided to stop coaching competitors because of the overthinking process that I would see them constantly go through. I would constantly see competitors switching coaches or asking other coaches for advice right. while they're coaching with somebody else. And I would tell them up front, either you are going to coach with me or this is not going to work at all. Because mm -hmm. if you're getting advice from me and then you're getting opposing advice from somebody else or different advice or different strategy from somebody else, mm -hmm. you're not going to stick to one specific plan. You're overthinking the process and you're asking other people either permission to do what I'm telling you to do. Right. Or. You want, you want their feedback, like, hey, is this the right way? Is this how you'd approach it? Or you're asking if there's another approach for you to do that. Is, is there a more correct or more accurate approach? Now, the reality is or faster. The or word faster, is faster. Right. But the reality is no two coaches are going to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. You may find similarities with different coaches and you'll also find some differences with different coaches. And that doesn't mean that one of them is right or wrong. You can be with, you can have three of the world's best coaches in a room together that'll approach things in three different ways that will get you to the same outcome, probably in the same length of time. But what happens is if you're overthinking what you're doing and you're asking somebody else what they would do, now you've got too many options on the table. Yeah, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think what happens with that, just coaching in general, not even just competitors, but just in a general sense, the reason why you can ask three different coaches is because they would each maybe start somebody in a different place. Like the, 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 well, so the, the simple, and well, hold on, let me just say this, the stress behind that for the individual, the client or the person is that when there's when there's multiple options to get to a place that can be really confusing we understand that there's lots of ways to get there and you can manipulate things you can move different pieces in different ways but for a client that can actually become very stressful and that's the point of this episode is that if you start overthinking and asking a bazillion questions to everyone around you, you're always going to get opposing information. You would get that if I said, Darone, I've got a great job opportunity and here are all the reasons why I want to do it. And then my current job, I give you all the reasons why I want to stay. And I could ask 50 people. They're going to give me all different answers. The point is that the overthinking of creating that situation or creating that stress in that situation is what of what is what pulls you from um, just staying a little bit more, um, quiet, taking a step back and internal. And I say this all the time, really listening to what it is that your gut instinct tells you, because 90% of what we do in health and wellness, you know, I hate to say that we already know it, but everybody knows they need to exercise. Everybody knows they need to eat well. 
So this isn't like the, the baseline fundamentals are all there. When you overthink how you do it, how long it's going to take, what the, you, like you said, when things aren't working, what the next step is, you end up creating more stress. Now, the stress piece for today's episode for our listeners is that when you get into that cycle of stress, that in itself, the stress itself on your mental like stability and your physiological being is what also can prohibit you from getting your goals because you're really reeling instead of just taking a step back and getting to getting your shit done instead of worrying of worrying and anxiety and overthinking of all the things that you think you should be doing in the future instead of what you need to handle right now today. You need to stop stressing yourself out by overthinking the process and what you're doing. And you need to stop with the paralysis by overanalysis. Stop thinking about too many options. Just execute because what's yeah. happening is you're not able to execute because you're thinking way too much. Yeah. And it's also the questioning. The overthinking type client will say, like, listen, we love getting questions from clients. Let me preface by saying that when you ask questions, then you're doing your job as a client. You need to know the reasons why. It's a great thing. But when the questions become more important than the action that you need to be taking, then the, the scale tips and the stress tip. This, this well, strep, listen, strep, the stress tips. Here's, here's what I'll <laughs> say about here's what I'm going to say about what you're saying right now. I can tell as a coach and many coaches can tell where the question comes from. Are you questioning yeah. me or are you questioning out of curiosity? And I will honestly say that one thing that is kind of annoying to me is when you're questioning me, because I'm like, there's no basis for it. You get what I'm saying? There's there's no there's no foundation of knowledge that the client has that's greater than mine that they have the, the, and I'm going to sound like a dick when I say this, but that they have the right to question me, right? It's almost like you're questioning yeah. my authority as your but, coach when you just need to trust the process. Yes. But here's what I will say. And I've learned this over 26 years of coaching. I don't take that personally anymore. I probably would say I took that really personal when I was a younger coach. And I, I really just wanted people to shut up and do what I told them because it was honestly, it's easier as a coach for people to just go, oh my gosh, this is great, get to work. Yes, that is an easier situation. But what I will say now, especially now with the industry that we're in, because there are so many coaches with so many options and so many things on Instagram, I think that the, the clients get so confused. They don't know what to listen to or who to listen to or how to get there. And if there are multiple options, they wanna make sure it's the right one for them. So the overthinking can be spiraled because it and perpetuated by all of the ways to do things. And I, I can understand that. I really empathize with clients. I get that. So for me, I try not to take it personally. And I try and sit down and very calmly explain my reasons why I want them specifically to do it, their individual approach and their, their um, program. And we work through it together. And I think that also will help them not only feel a little bit more calm so the overthinking doesn't get out of control, but it it nips it quick so that it's not something that I will continue to have to deal with. I can kind of say, hey, here's the reason why, and this is what we're doing it for. Um, and I find that to be really successful and really helpful. So I think as a coach, it's our job to kind of hold it down for them and say, hey, listen, the overthinking that this is overthinking and this is education. Like I can give you facts behind this, 
this is the education lane. But some of the things that you're questioning, I think you're just overthinking. And we, if you can just take a step back and execute the things, let's let's get some results first and see how you do. And then if we need to tweak it, we can. And that seems to be very successful for me. Yeah. And uh, on the overthinking, I, I guess the last note that I'll leave it on is this is the prime example of mental gymnastics. You're like, yeah. but if, you know, what what if this happens? What if that Right. You're, you're just kind of constantly making these arguments and, and making these these decisions that are just throwing you through this loop and you're doing backflips and you're not getting anywhere. You're staying in the same place. Yeah, um, And it so- creates excuses, too. Like, I want to come back to that just real quick. Last thing is the excuses. Well, you know, should I be doing this and should I be doing that? The coulda, shoulda, wouldas ends up creating, you know, absolutely no movement. So, well, then you're better you- off trying then you overthink the end result. And when you don't get the result that you anticipated on getting or that you wanted to get, you're mm-hmm. overthinking the reasons why, when the reality is that the, the reason why is because you've stressed yourself out so much yeah. that you weren't really able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about, Nicole is rushing to the finish line. And this creates a super stressful scenario for you when you're constantly in a rush to get where you want to go. So you're always rushing through the finish line. It's not enough weight lost in the period of time that you lost it. You stress over that instead of thinking about the habits that you're supposed to be focused on. One of the biggest things that I want to say about this is we need to start shifting the conversation from just weight loss to like, what, what does the finish line actually look like? Because Nicole, to me, the finish line looks like you're winning in your habits and you're evolving and becoming a different type of person that is able mm-hmm. to do this stuff. I, you lo- you're, you're viewing your habits as wins. When you change, your body changes. This is one of the biggest misunderstandings that people go through in this process is that they don't realize that in order for your body to change, you have to physically change. I have a buddy that used to say fitness should be your primary concern. And then your physique is kind of an ancillary benefit to you focusing yeah. on your fitness. Now I'm going to take that even a step further. Your habits are the primary goal. And then your fitness, your health, your, your physique, what you look like on the outside, it comes from what you're changing within your mind. Yeah. So if you are able to really kind of put things in perspective and start looking at the small wins that you're achieving in terms of what you're doing in the gym, how frequently you're going, how often you're doing cardio, how you're speaking to yourself, right? Your positive self-dialogue, creating that, Mm -hmm. how you're viewing yourself, how frequently you're eating vegetables, protein, like all of the things that encompass you changing your habits, your attitude, your mindset. Those are the things that are going to set you up for success. The finish line looks, first of all, there's no finish line. It really ideally should be, you know, your your, lifestyle. Yeah. And you're moving along through this process and you're constantly evolving and shaping. And as you continue to grow, even into your old age, you're growing and you're learning on a continuous basis. That's how I, I, that's how I feel like life should be viewed. Mm -hmm. But from a fitness standpoint, people are always so concerned with weight and the scale and they stress themselves out over it. And to me, that ends up leading to you're going to quit at some point because it's not enough. It's not enough for you. And then you're going to quit. And then you're going to go this drastic route, which Mm -hmm. is going to be 
I don't know, Nutrisystem, keto, uh, intermittent fasting, eating one meal a day, like just all of these things that are, yeah, sure, they're gonna, they may work in terms of getting weight off rapidly, but they're going to end you up in that yo-yo cycle that we constantly talk about that, you know, people don't understand like, hey, I want to break the yo-yo cycle. And that's, that's what happens when they come to me. By the time they come to me as a coach, they're at that point where they're like, I'm fed up with losing it and gaining it and losing it and gaining it. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, well, we need to change your mindset. That's the first thing that needs to change. Yeah. Well, that's a stress mechanism, right? Is you need to get the weight off fast. So you create a short-term aggressive goal or habits. You do it. It in the short term gives you what you need, but then it creates long-term issues. So you're right back where you started with more stress this time, because now you gained the weight you lost and then some back. So it's a short-term win for a long-term loss. And I think, you know, I describe it to my clients all the time with my car maintenance, <laughs> which is a really silly example, but it's so true. My, uh, a friend of mine, when I was growing up, used to say to me, make sure you get your oil changed, make sure you get your tires rotated, make sure you take your car for maintenance, because if you don't, if you don't do the short term maintenance in the long term, something's really going to happen to the car and then you're going to be stranded and, you know, things are going to go bad. And then I learned the hard way that when I didn't maintain some of the things in my car, I went on a ski trip and my alternator went in the middle of a blizzard and I ended up having to push my car. It's a long story. It's a, <laughs> it's a long term. it's a long story to the to the long route. Right. And I think yeah. that that's an important lesson to be learned. And. I think that many people listening to this podcast probably have already learned this lesson, mm-hmm. but they can't, they still can't seem to break the cycle. And the lesson is that yeah. the shortcut, the shortcut is actually the long way. Yeah, right? exactly. It, when you decide that you're going to actually take the long way, you're actually going to get to that finish line quicker. In the shortcut, you end up at, the, you end up at a gas station in Vermont with the mechanic going, ma'am. Why didn't you take care of this before you went on this trip? And I said, well, this is a lesson learned, my friend. And I will never, I never again, literally never again did that. And so I feel like the break, the cycle is people, when they get to a point where they're fed up, that was my fed up moment. I was never going to do that again. Then they come and they go, okay, I need to really figure this out and figure out what's the long-term strategy. I don't want to do the shortcuts anymore. I don't want to overthink. I really want to be able to just get these things kind of down and really make a change in my life. And hopefully it's not at a place where you're, you know, really is you're looking at the problem as the weight that you need to take off when the the root of the problem is your habits. Mm -hmm. If you're never tackling those, you're not tackling the root of the problem. It's similar to, Hey, I'm pre-diabetic. So I'm going to tackle that with taking metformin, for example, Mm -hmm. that's going to help to regulate my blood sugar, but you're still going to perpetuate this problem and you're still going to become diabetic or type two diabetic because you haven't solved the problem of what got you pre-diabetic to begin with, which was your, your diet and your lifestyle So tackle the root of the problem, which is you, your mindset and your habits, and then the weight will work itself out. Yeah. And I always say to people, like, what did you learn? Like when you make that mistake, like I always use my car maintenance as an example. And I always say to them, I learned that if I did what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it and I took action and I've stayed on top of things, then I would have been fine. But so what did you learn? Like when you did keto, what did you learn? 
when you stopped working out during the pandemic and you gained 40 pounds, what did you learn? Like, these are the things that you want to talk about, know about, learn about, figure out, and you want to create a different mindset around your new strategies so that you can tackle them and be, you know, better. All right, Nicole, moving on to the next one, control versus self-trust. My favorite. This is, uh, this is yours. So I'm going to let you handle this one. Okay. Well, I love this. And I think control versus self-trust is basically in a nutshell, if you feel like you have to control every aspect of your health and wellness program to the point where it becomes obsessive, overthinking, you're anxious, worrying about it. You're, um, it's like mindset overload. You're constantly worrying about what the next step is and everything that you need to do. That is a feeling and a fear of controlling the process. When you live in that control space, that's when all those mindset gymnastics start to come in and you really can't just relax and enjoy the process and trust the process. Self-trust is the flip to that. Self-trust is taking the your hands off the wheel, so to speak, and going, listen, I'm just going to do the workouts. I'm going to trust myself that if I show up every day to my workouts, if I show up every weekend to the grocery store and my, get my groceries and I make the meals and I, I have my vegetables and I eat the protein and I really trust myself that the decisions that I'm making around my habits are going to work and they're going to get me to my goal. You get to actually enjoy it and not stress and obsess over it. When you stress and obsess, you put yourself in stress, like the stress state. When you self-trust and just give it a shot and go all in and take action, like motherfucking hardcore action, just blinders on, get in there and do the work. It happens so much faster like you said, because it's it gets you to the goal easier. It also creates a less stressful body and mind so that you can enjoy the workouts and you can have fun doing things. So control versus self-trust is a really big piece of the process. I work really hard with clients to understand that while, yes, there are things that you have to do to get there that we have to work on, it still should be enjoyable. And I'll give you an example of like stress, stress control and and self-trust. If you're someone that is constantly thinking, like obsessively thinking about what you're eating all day long in a controlled way, like I have to have this and I have to have that. And if I don't have this, then I ruin all my progress. And you overthink, well, is, should it be broccoli for vegetables or should it be Brussels sprouts? Which one is better, Nicole? How much do I have? All the questions, overthink, overthink, overthink. That controlling of that, you know, goal, that habit become so stressful that you don't do anything. The self-trust is, I'm going to try broccoli tonight. Tomorrow, I'm going to do Brussels sprouts. The next week, I'm going to try, you know, green beans. I'm going to mix up my vegetables. I'm going to see how I feel. What, what, how much do I need? How hard is it to get those foods into my weekly meals? Well, what type of proteins do I like? Like I could go on and on. I'll jump in here. So what I want to convey about control versus self-trust is, first of all, like you're talking about, you try to control so much that you end up controlling nothing is a reality. And the other thing is it's when something doesn't go your way or when there's a wrench thrown in your day, you don't know how to handle that because you have to control every single aspect yes. of your plan. And the reality is that life doesn't work that way. So what happens is you get to this point where you you're holding on so tight to this control that as soon as that plan gets derailed in any way, 
it all falls apart, it crumbles, and then you can't do it anymore. And yep. that's too stressful for you. So what you need to start doing is really focus on what are the variables that you can control mm-hmm. and what are the variables that you can't control. And when you start to accept the things that you can control and kind of let go of the things that you can't control, you're able to pivot and move yep. in a different direction when something doesn't go your way instead of the whole plan falling apart. Yeah. I also think from with, with the control piece, you know, I, I, I've experienced this so much with, um, with clients that are, I feel like control comes from a place of desperation and insecurity and just a lot of really negative things around their body image, the way they work out, how much they should be working out, how they feel about themselves. Like it's kind of that scarcity mentality. Like they're, they're the ones that the control people are the ones that I may never get there type attitude. It's a lot of negative kind of baggage that falls under that control category instead of, you know, the self-trust they, and remember you're going to, you may start off in the control aspect, but the goal in coaching is to move you into self-trust and get you to a place where you can, you feel like no matter what's thrown at you, you can handle it. And if, you know, you go out for a weekend and you celebrate your birthday or mother's day, which is the one that I've been, you know, dealing with the past week or so. And you're a mom and you have champagne for mother's day and you enjoy cake on mother's day and you don't lose the pound for the week. The self-trust is that you're going to get right back on track. You're not going to worry about those, that one day of the week and you're going to get the pound off the next week. The timing isn't such a, an issue in terms of feeling like you have to control the time you get to enjoy mother's day and trust yourself that on Monday after mother's day, you just get back on track and you lose the pound in the next four, five days after that. There's no need to feel like everything you do is the end all be all of ruining your program. Like it gives some yeah, flexibility. I also think if you're thinking about this long-term, like you're not, you cannot live a life where you're perfect in every aspect all the time. Yeah. Like it just does not happen in any aspect exist. of your life. So why would you think that that would be okay in this sense? And you trying to control everything like you're, it's exhausting and it is way, way it is. too stressful. And then you yes. end up living in this place where you're constantly in fight or flight. And then you're yes. constantly, you're constantly, you know, stimulating fight or flight, cortisol, uh, norepinephrine, right? And it's just these little, you don't even notice it because it's very small spurts of these things going on. And at a certain point, you're going to crash and burn by doing that. Well, I had a conversation this past week with all of my clients about sleep. Sleep is a big topic these past couple of weeks with the weather changing. And I don't know, it just has been a big topic. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is like, I have had a client, I have had clients say to me, I was up all night thinking of insert the problem that my pants didn't fit or that I missed two workouts this week or that I had champagne on mother's day. Like part of the reason why overthinking is bad and stressful is that it affects the rest of your biofeedback. Now you're not sleeping. So the next day your workouts aren't as killer because you didn't sleep all night. Cause all you were worrying about is that you had champagne on mother's day. It's like, okay, guys, self-trust, take a breath, take a step back, stop overthinking and worrying about it you're fine. You're a mom. You had a mother's day. It's freaking epic. And you're going to be just fine. We're still going to get to the goal. All right. The next one is procrastination. And I will say that to some degree, procrastination is like the mother of all stress. And we've all felt it and we've all been there. 
We procrastinate in order to avoid the immediate stress. And we end up with more stress because we've either procrastinated to the point where we don't do it. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this in terms of different things that we're, that we're doing here, right? In the general sense of procrastination, you push something off until the last minute, and then you end up doing it in a short period of time. And then you're even more stressed and pressed to meet that deadline. And you do it in a short period of time. But in the sense that we talk about it with fitness, you can't possibly cram a whole month of results into a day of work, right? Like I can go to school and I can procrastinate and procrastinate and push off studying until the day before an exam. And then I'm spending an entire 16 hour day just cramming, cramming, cramming. And that is super stressful for me. But when it comes to your fitness and when it comes to reaching your goal, like let's say you set a deadline, like I, I want to lose 10 pounds by this date, which we all should be doing to, to some extent, because we do want to follow that smart criteria and we want a timeline for our goals. But th- it's impossible that you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. And yeah. then the day before that deadline, you're just going to be on the treadmill all day and lose weight. It doesn't happen like that, right? So the reality is that procrastination in the sense of what we're talking about here just leads you to not do it and fall off track and never do it. So what I'll say is if you are structuring three days a week of your workouts, the ideal situation is that you are giving yourself if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're not giving yourself all oh, well okay, I don't need to do it on Monday because I can do it on Tuesday or I can do it on Wednesday. Like I have the rest of the week. I just need to hit these three workouts. If you think like that, you'll procrastinate to the point where you're procrastinating into the next week. You're not even going to do those workouts that week. So that's my advice for you in terms of procrastination. Also your meal prep, like really just following a schedule is going to allow you to be less stressed out. And I know we just talked about like control, right? Obviously there are things that are going to be thrown into your schedule where you don't have time. But oftentimes what I find is that people make excuses for their procrastination. Like, let's be real here. People will often be like, oh, I didn't have time because of this and that and that. I will say that that's more of a prioritization issue than it is a, I actually didn't have time issue. Yeah, I want to jump in and say something about what you just said about the control piece. There is a big difference between being organized and using your time management well and control. There's a difference there, right? There are a lot of people that thrive, thrive on organized weeks, scheduling, uh, time management on point, making sure their meals are prepped and they have food. Preparation is not the same as control. Control is obsessive and overthinking and feeling like if you let go of that, everything is out of control. So being prepared and being, you know, on point with your actions and being ready to go for the week is not the same as being is controlling everything in the week. That's a big difference. So I just want to make sure that our listeners understand that's not what we're talking about when we talk about control. Control is obsessive, compulsive, overthinking. And it creates more stress. Being prepared creates less stress. Being prepared gives us more options. Being prepared and ready to take on the week gives us the results that we're looking for. So there's a big difference between the two. All right. And then, Nicole, with that being said, I just want to go into the next one, which is and the final one, which is negative thoughts or negative self-dialogue. And what I'll say about this is thoughts become things and whatever you think you're going to manifest, A, right? 
but also you're going to manifest that in your body and your level of stress. If you have negative thoughts and negative self-dialogue, that stress response physiologically is yep. going to affect you and wear you down. Yeah. And where that negative self-dialogue comes from is you either comparing yourself to others and looking at other people's journeys and what they're doing. And then you're like, oh man, I can never do that. I can never look like that. Why did he or she get there? And I can't get there. Comparing your process to another person's process. And what really what we need to do is separate ourselves and have tunnel vision and separate ourselves from another individual and say, here's where I am and here's where I want to go. And I'm going to take the steps to get there rather than thinking, oh, how did they get there? And what did they do? And I can't do it. And I'm not getting there as fast as this person, right? Because that's going to weigh down on you. The other piece to this, Nicole, is tying your self-worth to your weight and how you look and telling yourself because of that, you'll never be successful. Yep. Your self-worth is not tied to your weight. Your feeling of worthiness, and this is where I think that, and I see this on myself and I see this with clients, your feeling of worthiness really comes more so from your actions and what you do and from you telling yourself something and actually doing it. So I look at it from this standpoint. And, and I think a, a lot of times the negative self-dialogue and the negative thoughts come from this place. If you promise yourself that you are going to do something and then you don't do it, you feel like shit about yourself. And if you promise yourself that you're going to do something and then you do it and you fulfill that promise to yourself, you're going to feel really awesome about yourself. So really think about that. And I, I want you, what I want you to start doing is Put in perspective and prioritize what the things are that you're going to tell yourself that you're going to do immediately. Mm -hmm. If you're a person that is telling yourself that you're going to do a hundred things at once and that is not possible and that's not sustainable, then you need to pick and choose what you're going to tell yourself you're going to do and you need to commit to that. Yeah. And you have to create new dialogue for the negative dialogue. So this is one of my biggest pieces to my coaching program is we literally sit down in a session and I say, give me, I want you to write down everything negative that you say about yourself. I'm never going to get there. I can't do this. This is too hard. I've done this so many times and I've never achieved the goal. I'm fat. I feel awful in my jeans. I hate the way I look. I mean, the list goes on and on and I could give you all of mine too. Cause I have them too. You write them all down. And then next to those on the same piece of paper, you flip that into something positive. I hate the way I feel in my jeans, but I love the way I feel in my workout pants. I hate the way I look, but I love the way my skin looks and my hair is really pretty. You have to flip the dialogue. Then you start using the new dialogue. You have to condition yourself. This is a practice. I'm, I never get to the gym more than three days a week. Okay, I'm committing myself to two days no matter what. This is what I'm doing. No excuse. This is what I'm going to set for myself. This is the promise that I make to myself. If you don't start creating new dialogue, the old dialogue is like a loop. It's a habit. You're just going to keep telling yourself the same things over and over. And I've shared some of mine on our podcast. Nicole, eat real food. When I open the refrigerator door, instead of standing there and thinking, hey, I'm really hungry for chocolate, I'd much rather have a cookie or a Reese's peanut butter cup, whatever I'm kind of craving at the moment. I stop myself and I'm like, Nicole, eat real food. What can I make 
that can give me the same satisfaction as a Reese's peanut butter cup. And believe it or not, there are things that you can do. And that's what you have to find. So you have to start creating the dialogue change. If the negative thoughts are constantly running and there's nothing to replace them with, you're going to continually be chased by that negative stress. So you have to start creating that positive thought. I can do this. I can do one workout a week, et cetera. Like insert all of your positives. All right. So with that being said, stop playing mental gymnastics because it is stressing you out and ruining your progress from a psychological and a physiological standpoint. And what we need to do is really start blocking out the overthinking, choose a path, stick to it, see if it works, give it time. Speaking of time, give yourself time to get to that finish line, whatever that is, and also think in terms of long-term strategy. Think in terms of what your habits are and that being the root of the problem, because when you change those, when you change your habits, I mean, this, will, this will sound cliche, but when you change your habits, you change your life. Mic drop. <laughs> Focus on the things that you can control and trust yourself to be able to move forward when you have obstacles that you can't control and be willing to accept that you're not going to be able to control everything. Stop procrastinating because the reality is that procrastinating is really procrastination. And in our sense, like we talked about, it, it just ends with you not doing it and then just falling off the rails completely. And procrastination is something that is, is really, it's, it's something that is a habit too, that if you, if you folk and listen, I've, I've fallen victim to this, Nicole, everybody has mm -hmm. been through some level of procrastination for certain things, but it's, it's a habit and it's something that you can change. You just need to stop avoiding the stress because when you're avoiding that stress, you're just creating more stress in the long run. And the, other, the last thing that we talked about, Nicole, was your negative thoughts or your negative self-dialogue. Be nice to yourself. Focus on the things that you are good at. And also stop breaking promises to yourself because when you're making yourself a promise and you're committing to something and then you end up not fulfilling that commitment, that can really do a number on your thoughts about yourself and who you are and what you are and what you're capable of. And with that being said, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.